Do you run your own freelance business? Or maybe you're thinking about picking up some business on the side. Well, then you need FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the quickest and easiest way to get invoices out to your clients. It's easy to use. It works anywhere, available from any device, uh, on the desktop, iPhone, iPad, Android, and all of your data is backed up and secure. And it makes it really easy to get organized and get paid. You'll be tracking time, logging expenses, and invoicing your clients in no time. You can also save time billing, freeing up several days per month to focus on the work that you love, and you get paid faster. FreshBooks customers are paid on average five days faster because there's a link on the invoice that says pay me now. And it's a great way to grow your business. Plus, FreshBooks is offering a 30-day trial. That's right, 30-day trial if you try them out. So go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Once again, for a 30-day trial, go to gofreshbooks.com slash devchat and enter devchat in the how did you hear about us section. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Views on View. This week, we have Eric Hanchett. Hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. And this week, we're going to be talking about Nuxt, something that uh, Eric here has been playing with. Do you want to just briefly go into what you're doing with it and you know what your use case is? Yeah, yeah. So I've been uh, just kind of looking everything in view lately and kind of the latest, greatest thing that a lot of people are talking about is Nuxt.js, which is a, as they put it as their tagline, is a framework for creating universal Vue.js uh, Vue applications. So, um, of course, you can use Vue CLI and you can use Vue in a lot of different situations. Uh, Nuxt gives you a couple, uh, a little bit more flexibility, and it's kind of derived from Next.js. So, if you guys are familiar with the React uh, server-side rendered framework called Next.js, so this one is more of a uh, server-side rendered framework for Vue, and mm -hmm. you can do a couple things with it. You can uh, you can use it. It kind of uh, you can when you run it, it starts like a little Express server, so you can do your server-side stuff inside the application. But you can also use uh, as a static site generator. You can actually deploy it that way too um, using Nuxt Generate. So it has a couple of different options on there. Um, so it's uh, it's pretty simple to get started. They have a starter template which you can use to to uh, you can use it just directly with Vue CLI to create a, a project. But you can also include it in your own uh, app apps already. If you have like an Express app, you can actually use Nuxt inside of it. So it has some flexibility there. Uh, so it has everything you would kind of expect uh, for a server-side rendered framework here. You have, uh, obviously uses Vue with Vue files, as uh, code splitting, I'm kind of reading off some of the features here is listed. Mm -hmm. ES6, ES7 transpilation, um, preprocessor, SAS less, HTTP2, push headers ready. Um, I went ahead and I created like a little sample app for it. I haven't used it in production or um, for a client, but what I was working on was just to like talk to an API, uh, the iTunes API, and then then see how I can get the data back, how I can do it on uh, using the server. It's kind of the server side part of it, and then also uh -huh. how I can do it from the client side and seeing the differences. And I was impressed. You know, it worked worked pretty well for what I was doing with it. That's cool. So when we say universal, we're talking about basically server side rendering, right? Yeah. 
yeah, that's kind of where they're going for it when they call it universal Vue.js applications. Um, it's they call it uh, abstracting away the client-server distribution, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're writing client and then the server. It's kind of all in one package. Right. So one thing that I wonder about a little bit with this, and and this comes out of conversations that I've had in other ecosystems with their universal apps, is um, if there's an event that occurs that is, you know generates something one way or the other, um, how does it track that while it's uh, you know doing the server side rendering before it actually loads the JavaScript? Yeah, so you have access to the context. So in other words, you have access to the request and response objects um, uh-huh. as the page is loading. So you can it has hooks in there, so you can talk to it. And you can then do something with it. So you can either uh, change the response. Um, you can you can change the type of requests that are happening. Uh, so it kind of it does it that way. And there's a couple of ways it does it inside Nuxt. And uh, the ways that I know it does it with is you can have a special hook inside one of your view.view files, or you can actually add middleware inside your Nuxt, which is kind of in the Node.js world, and the middleware will will be used to, um, you can assign it to different parts of review application to do different things that you like to do uh, when, when the mm-hmm. page is rendered, that is. Cool. And a lot of people, uh, from what I understand, tend to use this kind of thing for like SEO or just to get a faster uh, page speed because you can cache the server-side rendered stuff. Which of those is the one that appeals to you the most? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, that's kind of the idea between server-side rendering. Um, I mean, there's there's debate. I mean, if you're listening to this now, you, there's still debate. Um, if you use a single page application or SPA framework, that first initial load can be uh, slow. I mean, it mm-hmm. should be super quick, but all that JavaScript still needs to be downloaded onto the client. And there's different ways of of combating that problem of that first initial page load and one of his server-side rendering where the server actually sends the, the HTML first to the client and and then in the background it downloads the JavaScript in the background so that way you get mm-hmm. a quicker refresh soon as the, the page loads. And some of the reasons behind that, um, obviously the page load times, but also uh, SEO. Some people think that when Google, when the, the crawlers go through and they search all these different websites that they don't efficiently go through sites that uh, you know are just JavaScript apps. That, right. that maybe there's problems SEO wise when that happens. You can then there's debate that no, that's not a problem at all. Um, I, I tend to think that it's a good thing to have is to 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 move to this type of server side rendered technology because I think that you eliminate that problem mm-hmm. with with the different search engines and the crawlers and going through your website. But I think it's still a little bit debatable. I don't know. Yeah, I I think it is open for debate, but I think there are other benefits to it as well. So, you know, you you can get it. You can also check the rendering for your testing without actually having to run the entire app. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely there's, there's probably... Definitely more more benefits to, to server side rendered technologies in general. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. how hard is it to set up? Yeah. So uh, when I was setting it up, and I'm still learning. Uh, caveat here, but 
yeah, it, it was really install, uh, really easy installation. Uh, all I had to do was, was I had Vue CLI already installed, which is just, you can download, use NPM and install it globally or, uh-huh. and then it was just a view init and then the template, the starter template, and it just downloads it. And, uh, once you get it downloaded, you can just change directories into it and run NPM install. Um, that's the easiest way. Of course, like I said, you can use it, you can integrate it other ways, of course. Um, and then once I got it running, it, it's a little bit, it's going to be just kind of like you create a normal view application. The changes and differences I saw was the directory structure. Um, there's a couple of the ways you can do routing in the application, mm-hmm. but one of the ways uh, that they recommend is you have this file tree. So you have, you kind of create a pages, like if you wanted a pages folder or pages route, you create a pages folder inside your, your routes. Uh, inside your route folder, and then you create an index.view, and then that would render it correctly, or you have pages slash user. So it's a little bit different on the way it does the routing. I think you can actually extract that out and create your own uh, own router file, just like you would normally do inside a normal view app. But but that that's uh, that's one way to do it. And then I know um, there's some changes too uh, between the there's new Vue CLI 3.0, 3.0 that's coming out soon. It's in it's in beta right now. It just went from alpha to beta, and they have this idea of having this layouts structure where you have this layouts folder and it gets applied to all your different view components. So that's a little bit different if you're using. Um, that's also included in Nuxt, and it's in Vue 3.0. But if you're still using the the latest Vue 2, they think it's 2.9.3 right now. Then uh, they don't have that concept. Of course, it's easy to add it, so it's a, a little bit different that way. But getting up, going to answer your question, getting up and running was was really quick and simple and easy. Um, I actually just today, I was uh, last night, I just tried to play around with their static generation that was happening. Um, so the static generation was was uh, really simple. You just run one command, it creates your dist folder, and then I just copied it and pasted it into a GitHub Pages. And it uh, worked right off the bat, so it was really easy. And there was slight configuration you have to do if you familiar with GitHub Pages, if you have it as a repository. But uh, you know, it was simple. It worked real, worked really good. And that's uh, you know what it kind of I messed around with it yesterday. Right. How do you tell it what to render? Because a lot of times, what I find with these apps is you have like the routing, and so you have like if you're doing a, a book library or something, right? So it's books slash id or books slash slug and so there's not always a clear way to tell the renderer what to render yeah so you can pass parameters back and forth between the routes and the way you do that is in the directory structure you put an underscore in the directory so you would have like underscore slug or underscore id and then that way you can pass um, using nuxt link Uh there's a few ways to do it but you can basically pass information from one route to to the other uh, using, and you can also do query parameters and and everything like that as well. Right. Uh, so that that that's not too bad. Very cool. Is this something that you're going to put into your book? Yeah. So I actually have a a whole. Um, I do have a chapter on. You, those who don't know, I write a book on free plug VJS in action which is published by Manning. Um, on one of my chapters, I have a, a whole section on Nuxt uh, and how to set up an app in it and how to get started and 
Uh, it was, you know, pretty simple and straightforward. I go over uh-huh. how to use middleware. And actually, I'm thinking about creating a, like a video course on it too at some point. Just because I think, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about Nuxt and, um, as a, a way to, to create new apps. And I definitely want to try to teach people what I know as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a super expert on it, but I, I'm, I think I understand some of the things pretty well on it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So is this isn't something you're looking to use in your day job then? Uh, you know, we, you know, we do use some tooling in my day job, uh, different tools for different things. I think I might, uh, definitely that's a work in progress there. So we're, uh, you know, I'm definitely trying to push more view tools that we can run, um, mm-hmm. do a lot of stuff in, uh, Angular and, and other frameworks. Um, but yeah, I think this is for personal projects. I think I, I'm one of my personal projects I want to really get, get done is my website, which has, is an old GitHub. Uh, actually, it's not even GitHub pages. It's an old ghost blog that I haven't oh. been updating in a long time. So I'm, I'm trying to think like, what should I do with it? Uh, I might move to WordPress. I know some, some people out there have done things where they've created static sites and had like a, a headless WordPress in the back end. I mean, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I might use this just for fun little projects here and there. Maybe I'll recreate uh, some of the front page, of my website using it. Um, just cause it's really up. It, you can get up and running pretty quickly. I know Cher um, rewrote some of her site, which unfortunately isn't here right now. And in, uh, in Nuxt is it was just mm-hmm. really simple to get up and running and do everything she wanted and then push it up somewhere. Gotcha. Have, have you uh, touched it yet? Nuxt? No, yeah. I, I haven't. Um, I'm still at the stage of learning a lot more about this framework and React because we just started those shows for those frameworks. So I'm looking forward to digging in some more, but I haven't, I haven't gotten to the point where I've done Universal with either one. Yep. You know, I had a question on my forum the other day. Someone was uh, talking about Nux, and they're like, well, Nux has a static generator to create static generated sites, and, and that's, that's great. But there were some questions like, well, why can't you just do that with the Vue CLI? And you, you certainly can create static generated sites with Vue CLI. You can't create server-rendered server sites using mm-hmm. Vue CLI. Uh, you can with some modification additions of some SSR plugins. But uh, from what I've seen is that if you use UCLI and you're creating a stack site, you can build the site, but it doesn't. You do need some more configurations to like push it up to GitHub pages and other things. And that's what right. something Nuxt is nice. I didn't have to do any configurations. I just ran one command and just copied the files over to like some like GitHub pages, mm-hmm. and it, and it just worked. So you had to build it with the server rendering and then copy the output over to GitHub pages. Yeah, I mean, you build it, it's basically, um, if you're running it as a server-side rendered app, you won't have access. Well, if you're running a server-side ra- rendered app, then you have access to like request response objects. So you can really kind of take the server-side rendered information and do things with it that you, that you want. Uh-huh. Um, and, however, if you create a static site, then you don't have access to that. So right. you obviously can't do server-side rendering if you create the static, the static site to it, but you still have the benefits of it being just kind of a, a, a simple app that you can load quickly and deploy quickly. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Basically, just your index.html and and some some other JavaScript files with it. Yeah, I know that uh, GitHub pages support specific um, server or not server side rendering, but static site rendering engines like Jekyll. And so, if you check in a Jekyll project, then it'll run the build for you. And that's what I was kind of wondering: is oh, will it just go? Oh, okay, you know, run the server side rendering save all the pages and off we go or yeah if you had to run it yourself and then copy it up yeah just yeah you build it and just you generate it and just copy it up uh, yeah i know jekyll is really popular uh, on the react side gatsby is getting a lot of yep. talk um right now that's a super fast static site generator for react um so yeah i think all three of these are kind of being talked more about in the community of, of ways to create these you know simple sites well, and that's the thing is, I think initially, like when we had the kind of the web dev revolution, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, where people were using things like Django and Rails and, you know, it was like, oh, we can make it do this other thing that was hard and now is less hard. But now I'm seeing a huge move towards simplicity. And so the static site generators are becoming very interesting to people because it's, oh, I can put this out there. I don't have to worry about it getting hacked. I don't have to play any games making it run. I don't have to set anything up for it to run on the server or the the client. And, you know, it loads fast. And anyway, there are a whole bunch of reasons why people are going that way. Yeah, and it definitely is not for everyone. I mean, if you need to talk to a server, and I mean, you're going to have to think of, like, how you do that. I mean, do we need a serverless function somewhere? Um, or mm-hmm. if we're... Uh, do we need to, to put in some hooks or plugins or something like that? Uh, and obviously clients want, if you, if you have a client and they're looking for a website, uh, they probably want to have an easy way to do updates to it. So static site may not be as easy. Um, there's some things like, mm-hmm. uh, like I mentioned before, like a WordPress with a headless WordPress, or you can, I think there's contentful, contentful, which is like an API. Like a CMS um, that you yeah. can add to your back end, like CMS is a, a back end API, and you could try to have your front end talk to it. So there, there's there's definitely ways. We could probably have a whole episode on static site generators and what that means. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a few others that I've heard of are Type.io. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are doing stuff with um, Firebase oh, yeah. for a lot of those. So, yeah, lots of interesting things going on on that front, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, tell me a little bit about your book, since I've got you here for a few minutes. Sure. Yeah, uh, so it's it's pretty much a beginner to intermediate book on Vue.js. I, I do touch on some a little bit more advanced topics, but I if I touch on them, I usually uh, give some more resources on them. We go everything from how to just how to view files work, how, how does view work in general, and then mm-hmm. we can kind of move on, like how, how does how do all the different type of directives work, and then we move on to more complicated stuff like, well, not more complicated, just more in-depth stuff like how you use view CLI, how do you create single file uh, components. Um, then we look at the server, and uh, we look at Vuex, which is the state management system behind Vue. It's sort of based on Redux. And we finish the book with testing. 
So I mm-hmm. try to cover all the major factors. Oh, of course, routing too is included in there. So I, t- I try to hit up all the different uh, major factors of of Vue.js. It's um, it's me and another author, um, actually Benjamin Listwan. Um, helped Benjamin started off just a couple chapters at the beginning, and then I I've uh, worked on on some of the later chapters. So between us, I think we have a, a pretty solid book on on how to get started with Vue and how to get uh, how to get up and running quickly. And that's one of the nice things about Vue is is it's really easy to to get started because it has very especially for teams it's easy to ramp up. Um, and even mm-hmm. if a team doesn't have much knowledge on Vue, they can jump in quickly and, and understand the basics and get something going quickly, which I, I like. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing that I keep hearing from a lot of people is that, well, Vue is just so easy to get started with. And that's why you see people moving, you know, away from other systems or adopting it when they, you know, have the opportunity to change. So. Yeah, and that's that's the hard thing I think in this community right now. We we the two big dogs just in the front end frameworks. And I'm not I'm not discounting jQuery or anything else, but right. Just talking about like single page front end frameworks. Uh, you know, React and Angular, obviously, um, some of the most popular. Maybe you could argue the most popular would be React, and so a lot of these communities are are pretty stringent and, and stringent, and they don't want to change to other new technologies. But I think our mm-hmm. podcasts and and just kind of getting more of the word out that there's other ways to go. You don't have to use React and Ang- in Angular is a, is a good way to go because there's there's always more than one way to do something, and sometimes, um, you know there. So for uh, you know, sometimes there, it's just easy to to jump in with you and get that up and running. Yep, absolutely. The other thing is is that uh, we're, at least in the circles that I move in, I'm seeing quite a bit of interest in Vue as an alternative. Where it's, um, you know, what here's here's how we do things with this system, and you know, like I said before, some people are really coming at it from the standpoint of. Uh, hey, you know, this is how we do things in a simpler way. Or there's some other appeal, you know, that, that React or Angular don't fill. And so it's it's interesting just to see where people end up. Yep. Yeah. And I think uh, if you listened to maybe the first or second episode when we had Evan Yu on, he probably talked a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Which unfortunately I was not able to make. I was wish I could have made, but. <laughs> I think Jared, Sharon, Joe took care of that pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't make it to that one either. I, it was my wife's birthday when they recorded it, so. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. So, anyway, well, why don't we go ahead and wrap this one up a little bit early, and, uh, you know, next week we will have a guest and, you know, have a little bit more to put together on this. In fact, let me just jump in and I can tell you what we have planned for the next few weeks. So next week, we are talking to Chris Fritz. Uh, we're going to be talking either about building enterprise view apps or uh, enjoying the view in large teams. Uh, the week after that, we're, Joe's going to talk to us about the Framework Summit. The week after that, we're looking at creating a view plugin. And then the week after that, uh, Gleb Bomatov is going to come and talk to us about Cypress IO and testing uh, with that tool. And then the week after that, we have uh, Nick Bazile, and he's going to talk to us about uh, getting started with TDD and Vue. 
So anyway, we have some really interesting shows lined up. A um, bunch of other ideas that uh, other panelists have thrown out there as well. So we'll be reaching out to some of those folks as well. So um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for those. For sure. All right, Eric, do you have some picks for us? For you, the listeners of JavaScript Jabber, Loot Crate is offering an opportunity to save 10% on any new subscription at LootCrate.com. Just enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Loot Crate is one of my favorite things. Every month I get a box in the mail, costs less than $20, and it comes with all kinds of goodies. I have stuff from just looking at my shelf, Batman, Spider-Man, Ninja Turtles, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, and much, much more. So if you're a geek, a gamer, anything like that, and you want cool stuff to put around your office, cool t-shirts, comic books, etc., then definitely check out Loot Crate. To save 10% on your new subscription, go to lootcrate.com slash ruby. Again, that's lootcrate.com slash ruby to save 10% on any new subscription. Enter the promo code BRIDGE10 for 10% savings. Uh, I like, since we're talking about static generators, there's staticgen.com. It's just a list of all the different um, stack generators out there. It also lists the number of stars that they have and the number of forks and, and 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 everything with that. So you kind of get an idea of what what are people using, like Jekyll, mm-hmm. and Hugo. I think that's a Go version of the static generator. Gatsby is is obviously the React one we talked about earlier. Nuxt is is listed on there. So yeah, check that out, staticgen.com. Nice. Um, I've got another one that I'm using, and it's a static generator that uh, publishes into a book. Uh, like an ebook instead of a website. Uh, it's called Softcover, softcover.io. And so I have my course out there on how to find a job, and you can definitely check that out at getacoderjob.com. And I'm writing a companion manual to it. And so uh, if you're interested in anything like that, you're trying to find a job, you, you want some pointers, you want my experience helping you get that, you can check it out, but it, it outputs to PDF, EPUB, and Mobi. And so you can read it on any of the popular e-readers out there. And I've, I've really liked it. So um, it's written by my friend Michael Hartle. If you're in the Ruby community, um, he wrote the Ruby on Rails tutorial and things like that. So anyway, really digging that. Um, and yeah, where do they get your book since we talked about that? Yeah, you can just, uh, if you go to probably the easiest way, to do it is to go to manning.com slash books slash view dash js dash in dash action. That's the URL. Or you can just go on my Twitter account. It's linked on my Twitter. Just twitter.com slash Eric, E-R-I-K-C-H. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Sorry it was a short one, folks, but we will be back next week. All right. Thanks. Yep. Bye. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.